0: Hello, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Today is December the 7th, day 341 out of the year, and we are reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter one, verse one to 10. Let's begin with the reading from the Bible. Faithfulness to the Lord. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, Silas and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica. To you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, may God give you grace and peace. The faith of the Thessalonian believers. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to your God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true, and you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. As a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece, throughout both Macedonia and achaia And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who rescued us from the terrors of the coming judgment. This is the word of the Lord. Here ends the first reading. Now let's turn to the New Living Translation. Paul and his companions probably arrived in Thessalonica in the early summer of AD 50. They planted the first Christian church in that city, but had to leave in a hurry because their lives were threatened. At the first opportunity, probably when he stopped at Corinth, Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica to see how the new believers were doing. Timothy returned to Paul with good news. The Christians in Thessalonica were remaining firm in the faith and were unified. But the Thessalonians did have some questions about their new faith. Paul had not had time to answer all their questions during his brief visit. And in the meantime, other questions had arisen. So Paul wrote this letter to answer their questions and to commend them on their faithfulness to Christ. For more information on Paul, see his profile. Thessalonica was the capital and largest city, about 200,000 population, of the Roman province of Macedonia. The most important Roman highway, the Ignatian Way, extended from Rome all the way to the Orient, went through Thessalonica. This highway, along with the city's thriving seaport, made Thessalonica one of the wealthiest and most flourishing trade centres in the Roman Empire. Recognised as a free city, Thessalonica was allowed self-rule and was exempt from most of the restrictions placed by Rome on other cities in the empire. With its international flavour, however, came many pagan religions and cultural influences that challenged the faith of the young Christians there. The Thessalonians had stood firm when they were persecuted. Paul commended these young Christians for their faithful work, loving deeds and anticipation of the Lord's return. These characteristics are the marks of effective Christians in any age. Paul reminded the Thessalonians of their status as God's chosen ones. Very few issues cause more confusion and even arguments among Christians than the issue of election being chosen by God. It is difficult to simultaneously embrace God's sovereignty in choosing us and our human responsibility in choosing to follow him. Even though we may not be able to completely comprehend how these two truths can coexist, we can say the following. Being chosen comes from the heart of God, not our minds. Should be an incentive to please God, not ignore him, and should give birth to gratitude, not complacency. Human responsibility requires that we actively confess Christ as Lord, focus on living to please him and share the gospel with others. God's choice of us us energises us to obey and to serve. Our choice of God challenges us to build lives worthy of him. As you consider God's divine selection of you, how do you respond? The good news came with power. It had a powerful effect on the Thessalonians. Whenever the Bible is heard and obeyed, lives are changed. Christianity is more than a collection of interesting facts. It is the power of God to everyone who believes. What has God's power done in your life since you first believed? The Holy Spirit challenges, changes people when they believe the good news. When we tell others about Christ, we must depend on the Holy Spirit to open their eyes and convince them that they need salvation. God's power, not our cleverness or persuasion, changes people. Without the work of the Holy Spirit, our words are meaningless. The Holy Spirit not only convicts people of sin, but also assures them of the truth of the good news. For more information on the Holy Spirit, see John. Paul wrote, And you know of our concern, for you from the way we lived when we were with you. The Thessalonians had seen that what Paul, Silas and Timothy were preaching was true because these men had lived it. Does your life confirm or contradict what you say you believe? The message of salvation, though welcomed with great joy, brought the Thessalonians severe suffering because it led to persecution from both Jews and Gentiles. Many believers today think that pain is the exception in the Christian life. When suffering occurs, they say, why me? They feel as though God deserted them, or perhaps they accuse him of not being as dependable as they thought he should be. In reality, the world is sinful, so even believers suffer. God allows some Christians to become martyrs for their faith, and he allows others to survive persecution. Rather than asking, why me? We should ask, why not me? Our faith and the values of this world are on a collision course. If we expect pain and suffering to come, we will not be shocked when they occur. We can take comfort in knowing that Jesus also suffered. He understands our fears, our weaknesses and our disappointments. He promised never to leave us and he intercedes on our behalf. In times of pain, persecution or suffering, trust confidently in Christ. All of us should respond to the good news as the Thessalonians did. Turn to God, serve God and look forward to the return of his son, Christ, from heaven. We should turn from sin to God because Christ is coming to judge the earth. We should be fervent in our service because we have little time before Christ returns. We should be prepared for Christ to return because we don't know where he will come. Paul emphasised Christ's second coming throughout this book because the Thessalonian church was being persecuted. Paul encouraged them to look forward to the deliverance that Christ would bring. A believer's hope is in the return of Jesus. Our perspective on life remains incomplete without this hope. Just as surely as Christ was raised from the dead and ascended into heaven, he will return. Here ends the second reading. Let us pray. Lord, this day we give you thanks. We share our appreciation for everything that you have done and will do in our lives. Lord, we are grateful and we say and exhort to the world, not why me, but but why not me? Lord, we submit our lives to you. We turn to Christ and we trust. Help us this day to live a life aligned with your word, Lord, to move us further away from sin and closer to the truth. We pray that you keep our feet on the straight and narrow path. Let love shine out of our whole being. In Jesus' name, Amen.